Three, two, one. Welcome. It is Hellseller Weekly podcast episode number nine. Is it? I think it is nine, right, Laura? Nine or ten. Nine. Yesterday was, or the last one was eight, I guess, with Dr. Mina. Yes. Yeah, it was. It is. It is an awesome day here in Singapore. Sun is shining, plus thirty-two degrees, like every single day. Life is happy. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Living in a paradise. How are you, Nico? It is a great day, indeed, indeed a great day. Um, the one thing that, that's recently sort of been on my mind just re- reminds me that every day is a gift, guys. Every day is, is, is a reason to be grateful, to be alive, to be healthy, uh, and all that stuff. Hopefully, hopefully you guys are feeling fine. Today we are uh, talking about the joys and grievances of flying. Um, obviously, a lot of us fly uh, or live in a world whereby we are privileged to be able to fly across the world or around the world. Um, I know not everyone um, does have the privilege to, 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 uh, to do this, but um, looking at the, the sort of modern working um, uh, sort of young and older people as well, we do tend to fly a lot around the world because flying becomes more affordable to, to each and every one of us. You look at the the trends of flying um, towards uh, 2025, for example, in, in especially in China and Southeast Asia, um, the, because because of the the growing middle class um, in in these countries, the amount of flying will will almost double its size in in, in next in the next 10 years or so. So the increasing air air travel will will obviously have massive impacts into into um, the world economy, the world climate, and people's health as well, which will be our focus uh, for this episode in terms of uh, in terms of flying um, at the same time, because it is it's it's like an um, something that that so few of us actually think, including myself. Actually, I love traveling. Um, it is one of the joys I, I really love doing uh, over time, seeing different places around the world and all that stuff. But then you actually fail to understand, or you, i.e. myself, actually fail to understand that when we fly, there are health risks towards this. Yes, and it will tax your body. Exactly. Laura, you you, uh, you travel a lot uh, for your work, actually. Yeah, yeah, mostly for work, uh, rarely for pleasure. (laughs) And you had some ridiculous amounts of flights uh, recently. Yes, yes, it has been. I, I think just... Looking at my life in the past few years, I've, I've lived in, in, for example, Denmark for some months, in New York for more than a month, in Europe for a few months. So work um, and life has taken me to different destinations. And, and with that, uh, still having my, my um, home base in Singapore, it has required me to travel a lot. And now with the business growing in, in both yeah. Europe and in Asia, uh, I tend to fly a lot. So in the, in, I was just checking checking um, my, my uh, frequent flyer app and noticed that in the past 12 months, I've, I've taken 18 long-haul wow. flights. And on top of that, uh, you a, know, all sorts lot, of yeah. shorter flights with the budget airlines. So yeah, that is a lot of travels just looking at the past uh, year and I, I would say I've become sort of a pro on, on hacking that because like I mentioned I, I travel mostly for work so I need to be really fit and focused once I arrive and um, I'm focusing less on the pleasurable sides of flying I know back in the days when I was doing it for pleasure 
I would really enjoy all sorts of perks. Um, of course. You know yeah. the the before flight drink and oh, you know the <laughs> you know all all the tax free shopping yeah. and and all that kind of stuff and I enjoyed packing and and all of that but nowadays I I run by lists mm. I do have lists of things like to pack for yeah, yes checklists to things to pack mm. for let's say a five day work stint in Europe when it's winter sure, sure. a a short trip to um, to summer um, climate for three days and I'm a minimalist so I travel extremely light and I try to optimize all my actions that I'm actually really healthy and fit and avoid getting sick. Because It's obviously one of those things that as you fly so much especially long-haul flights for work then that would put you in a position whereby when you land in your destination you would need to be able to, to start being efe- efficient and productive right at the moment when exactly. you land, right? So you actually need to plan quite meticulously. Yeah. This. So therefore, the checklist would become quite, yeah. uh, quite important. And the other thing is, I fly economy. Yeah. So that it's so not the corporate perks that you get to fly in business. Yeah, you cannot, so you cannot have, have that flat bed <laughs> and you know, just sleep with, uh, with, uh, with all those perks. So I, I do understand that. Yeah. Now, if, if we do look into the whole journey, if we like build up the whole journey of flying, right? So yeah. Um, yeah, just starting from packing and um, and the air- airport experience. If we start from that and and how we d- how we want to build up this whole discussion is is all towards how it affects our health, right? Because yeah. health, healthzilla. Well, that's what we do, right? So that's why we are here. Um, obviously, um, in in terms of because when you build up your checklists when you travel abroad, let's start from the packing phase. Okay, so. What, from a health perspective, what do you then think when you start your packing? Uh, I think um, basically um, there is a lot of risks, um, sort of health risks related to flying. Uh, some of them I can affect, some of them I cannot affect. Yes. So maybe if I just have like a structural approach and go through the most common things sure, that sure, affect yeah. you yeah. and then it makes sense to maybe describe how I pack just mm-hmm. to mitigate the ones that I oh, sure. yeah. like can have an impact on. So, um, as many of you probably know, the oxygen deprivation and um, cosmic radiation and, you know, you, you uh, lose some of the, the taste buds mm-hmm. in your mouth and those kind of things, I, th- those are familiar to frequent flyers but those are things I, I cannot affect so there's nothing I can do about it yeah, it true. doesn't make sense to stress about true. those I mean just just a question on this though it, it, it is interesting I mean oxygen deprivation and cosmic radiation loss of taste um, a lot of us might have actually during our lives uh, experienced loss of taste yes because um, air, airline food tastes bland Ever heard that before? That's 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 what we're talking about. But in terms of like stuff like um, cosmic radiation, so you can't really do anything towards that, and you don't feel it. So you might actually forget the whole concept that yeah. it actually exists. Um, now there was some study which you mentioned to me previously, whereby which was towards the the. Um, breast cancer rates in in flight attendants, right? Yes, I need to dig that again and yeah. and link it to the maybe the podca- podcast podcast notes because it is, it is like because then you would then link that into the cosmic radiation levels, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. So it is like so th- that's something that that like almost none of us actually think about 
that you actually expose, we actually expose ourselves in, in, into cosmic radiation when we fly. And how do we actually, how can we mitigate or stuff like UV radiation? I um, think the, how, how you can mitigate that risk is just avoiding flying. True. Just, true. you know, if it's not an absolute mm. must to travel uh, with an airplane, then don't do it. So the question then becomes, because um, we've, or at least the, 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 the listeners who've um, listened to um, people like Ben Greenfield and, and the likes, I've heard about the, the folio aluminium, aluminium foil hats or whatever protective like underwear and you know I, I don't even know what I mean, you can all sorts there are of these geeky companies, stuff there are these companies who actually make protective clothing for flying to, yeah. to like prevent from this radiation yeah. do, do you believe in this no okay I still believe that you know while you do your best um, to sort of optimize the things you can optimize throwing tons of money into something that you know hasn't been scientifically proven to be super effective like it would have to have a major major impact of reducing the risk of cancer for example that i would pull on like a aluminium foil hat or something weird uh, or put lots of money into that type of special gear Uh, so i try to approach this with sort of common sense and whatever is available because like you mentioned uh, flying itself is kind of a a luxury for those who who, uh, can do that as part of their job or as part of their their free time Um, uh, i wouldn't focus on the very specific niche things that are only available for the one percent of the population so that that's why i think the things we talk about today those are very sort of common sense things things that anybody can virtually afford and very true so in in that concept if we just go back into when you do your packing and and how how do you then what is included in your checklist and how do you then structure to mitigate the risks that you can control in your packing phase yeah for sure so um first of all um, I would say even before I start packing I'll do my best to mitigate the stress before I actually step on the plane um, so that includes actually me trying to book the long-haul flights as overnight flights because that provides at least um, a tiny opportunity for sleeping and adjusting to the adjusting to the the rhythm uh, and the daily schedule of the the destination and you know if you need to spend 13 hours on the plane you it's gonna be a long time if if you need to stay awake for the entire time so overnight flights are definitely my go-to hack uh, because and that will have a massive impact into your productivity and exactly energy levels the next day when you land and all that stuff exactly Um, the second tip is super simple, but still I would pay attention to it. So get a really good travel insurance. It takes a lot of the worry out of everything. If your luggage disappears, if your flights are delayed, if you get sick while you travel, these kind of things. So, and I know so many people who travel without insurance. So, <laughs> I cannot imagine why would someone do that. But yeah, just to is, save those those exactly, few dollars, exactly. but. Still, um, it's not worth it. It's, yes, it's not it, worth it. <laughs> it. When, if and when something happens, then you will regret yourself. So, 
do get yourself a proper travel insurance. Yeah, and sure. you need to put a price tag on the, the stress reduction that yeah, you get absolutely. with that. Um, also, I would say try to book the entire route with one single airline. So in case your previous flight is delayed for some reason, they are responsible for organizing your connecting flight. Whereas what I did in my youth when I was still um, traveling on a very tight budget, I would just book separate flights from different airlines. And if one was delayed, I would actually miss my second one. And then I was really screwed. So that was not a great thing, uh, especially if you have you know, meetings at the destination and you kind of really need to get there. Um, Then I would recommend to to sleep, like to focus on sleep the night before you travel. Because you know already from experience that sleeping on the plane is tricky. It's difficult. Especially in economy class, right? And it sucks. You will never, well, if you are, if you're a very special kind of person, you might hit that seven to eight hours but i never do i know from experience looking at my sleep data it's even at best it's like five to six hours so i will be tired so it's best to optimize the night before when you're still sleeping in your own bed so focus on that go to bed in time don't stay up late packing Um, go to bed in time make sure that you don't need to get up like super early uh, suggest that you are refreshed and well rest, well rested before you um, hop on the plane. Uh, then, what I do before every flight, I actually do a proper workout. Oh yeah. It will exhaust yeah. my body, uh, get the, the fluids sleep. running, um, and it will actually help me fall asleep yeah. on the plane. And the body will thank you afterwards. Um, I will also do some kind of stretching just to before, get the before, yeah okay. before the flight just to get the recovery going. Sure, sure. Um, some other things I actually do at the airport. I will ask if they have question before we go yep. to, the, to the airport. Yep. Just a specific question. Yep. It's interesting. Do you pack your own? eye masks and earplugs i do i do have a long list of things that we can go through uh this is just sort of to my list of how to mitigate the stress before you actually enter the plane the packing list is one of the things like i would say in general come up with a great packing list I'm happy to share mine even in the show notes because I wrote Let's it do down. That. Yeah, yeah, that would be, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah, and it, then you can just edit uh, a version that mm-hmm. suits you. Um, because but, especially on, on the sleeping bit, right? Um, you will be able to get um, like sleep masks and earplugs from the airline quite often, anyway. Sometimes it might it, it might cost a bit or whatnot. But uh, the the problem with the, with those quite often, at least from my own experience is that they're a bit different and they're a bit uncomfortable and all that stuff. And you will be able to get um, much better quality, much more comfortable um, pieces of equipment like sleep masks and earplugs by doing some research and making sure that you sort of use um, equipment which actually fits your facial and and, and head size and all that stuff. So that's a key Thing, especially towards your sleep comfort on your flight so yeah yeah definitely um and like like i was about to say at the airport i actually always ask um if they have free seats so i would prefer to get a seat um or an entire row because many times oh, yeah. they actually sure. do have lots of availabilities always at the back of the plane where mm-hmm. nobody wants to sure. sit I don't actually mind going all the way to the back or being next to the toilet. 
if I can get two seats or even up to three seats, that's amazing. So you just be brave and ask. If they don't have it, they're happy to say it. If they don't have that, I actually try to book the exit row seat, just that I have more leg space. That might cost some extra, um, but I think it's totally worth it. Uh, just from, for the, from the sleep perspective, right? Yes. Uh, but in my case, sitting sitting upright and trying to sleep at the same time, super tough. So, And right. I'm, I'm tiny enough that if I get two seats, I can curl up in two a seats. lying wow. position so and I can tough. get like pretty decent sleep That's that way. Um, so I always ask for that. Um, I also ask for an aisle seat because mm. I drink tons and tons of water during the flight i need to go to the bathroom during my wake hours i would say pretty much once an hour which is also part of the stretching and moving around routine so having an aisle seat um, allows me to do that without bothering the other passengers Mm -hmm. next to me i also ask if there are any small children nearby because the (laughs) cabin crew will know about it uh even if you have the greatest earplugs, if there is a screaming child... It will come through. Absolutely. Yes, and yeah. in some cases they will scream for 10 hours in a row. So it's, And, you know, I have children myself. I've been flying with them since they were four weeks old. So I totally know how it is to travel with children. But if I know I need to be sharp uh, 7 a.m. next morning in a, in a meeting negotiating something important, I just try to you know minimize the risk of me being completely exhausted so i'm not so picky when i when i travel um during my free time with this but when i travel for work i i I ask so and they can always say no um uh, and then obviously you can always ask for an upgrade of course most airlines never give it to you but sometimes sometimes you might get lucky and if you've accumulated your air miles and points yeah. you can also use those towards mm. upgrading yourself that's never it's bliss <laughs> yeah, yeah and then um i would say if you have any prescription medicines remember to you know have the doctor's note with you so that you don't run into any issues at the security check oh yeah if you have a ton of pills mystical mysterious pills with you mm. and no note uh, clarifying what those are so that's part of the stress mitigation at the security check um, and then my last tip for stress reduction if you travel with children be prepared like seriously I was traveling with my tiny two children with a baby and a toddler um, before the era of iPads and uh, <laughs> smartphones yeah, yeah. and all sorts of entertainment yeah. so we, we we could devote an entire episode for this how, how to do this in a manner that they never end up screaming or getting bored or whatever bothering the other customers but just i would say be prepared it, it's a good way to make the traveling experience much more pleasant for yeah. yourself of and uh decreasing your stress um so and then you, so in terms of um did you any so just just um, circling back to what I because I, I do sort of mostly the same same things as per what you do as well. Um, do you do any specific meal reservations because you can pre-book some meals on flight? What types of food you would yeah. like to have, or do you just don't eat on the flight? And do you how do you eat, how do you prepare? Yeah, that's meals? a great question. Um, 
I don't, I, I don't think I've ever uh, pre-booked a meal, although I find those services amazing yeah. that, you know, especially if you have restrictions or, or allergies or whatever, like specific diets, that the airlines offer these kind of options. Um, my go-to sort of strategy for the long-haul flights is um, to sort of optimize my circadian rhythm, which means I try not to eat very, like, basically I will not eat on the plane. Because yeah. my big aim uh, while on board is to fall asleep yeah. quickly and catch the maximal amount of sleep that I'm able to catch. And if I eat, because usually, um, especially for the overnight flights, um, there, first there is the takeoff, then they start the, the service, and um, you know you would get your meal, and short after that they switch off the lights, and then yeah. you know they kind of expect people to either watch movies or, or fall asleep. Um, so thinking about that, the the meal would be if if your um, flight leaves at midnight, the meal would be around. 1 to 2 a.m., yeah. which is Quite not yeah. optimal. So my strategy there is to actually have the, the a, a proper meal at the airport. So for the... In a lounge or, or a restaurant. In a lounge or, or, a, or a restaurant. Yeah. And, and sort of even think about what to eat. Um, I eat lots of vegetables, uh, some sort of light protein. So it could be fish, it could be chicken or something e easily digestible mm. stuff and for the quite, quite low in carbohydrates maybe uh, not specifically i usually have some fruits because um, it's still I'm, I'm late at the airport considering that usually i would be in bed maybe at 10 or 11 sure. and now i'm i'm having that meal mm. around that time if if my flight leaves at midnight um so um and I don't want to drink any caffeinated drinks, of so course, no, yeah. no Coke, no coffee. Um, I don't drink any alcohol either, so the fruits are kind of the, the best you can have. Sure. So it's kind of a lovely dessert, and it's still, you know, bring the, um, that kind of n nice treat, um, oh, yeah, pre-flight yeah. treat, and especially because, you know, at the lounge, um, you have this massive selection of amazing food oh, and all the drinks and a nice bartender to recommending you different types of wines and the temptation is there so try to find something that you know gives you the satisfaction but maybe does not ruin your exactly your no, health that's, that's, that's so yeah, yeah. that that's because kind of for i mean it is a, it is a great tip what, what how you describe it and it, it is a bit more meticulous than, than my approach how i usually approach airline food um, is that um, every time I fly I order the the low fat or low calorie meal oh cool every single time how is the taste compared to the okay. regular meals I okay mean, I, I don't have any any objections to that there there are two specific reasons why I do that number one obviously it's you know that you're getting a bit healthier option um, and number two you get served first oh that's cool so yeah it, it is so you don't need you actually uh, on average you get the you get the meal about half an hour earlier than everybody else does, depending on where you where you obviously sit. But anyway, so that's that's how I how I approach it. And my treat is one to two glasses of red wine. So I, I don't restrict myself from from alcohol completely. 
that helps me to relax after the, or during or after the meal and then fall asleep very quickly. So yeah. just a slightly different approach, but yeah. almost For me, same. that adds yeah. up to the dehydration True. that is already yeah. happening due yeah. to the, you know, yeah. super dry cabin air. So I've just noticed, mm. as, again, that's, that's, me geeky look, looking at the data, if I have even one glass of alcohol on the plane, the data will suck so bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> this has been, you know, realizing this, because I, I cannot then lie to myself and say, oh, it's fine just to have a one glass or something. Um, so that's definitely, because, um, and one more thing I have to mention, because I, I recommended, you know, do try to get the entire row which will highly likely be located at the back of the plane. Um, once the service is, is over there, there's not so many food options available. So be prepared that, you know, yeah. it doesn't bother me because I, I try to eat before I actually uh, board the plane. Um, but if you do not, then just be prepared that, you know, the, yeah. the extra space comes with a, with a price tag, mm -hmm. which would be that. Very true. Yeah. Now, when we when we sort of go into the airport and start all the hassle of checking in and queuing to everywhere, you check in, you, you queue to the check-in, then you queue to the passport control or security check, whichever comes first in your specific airport. Um, you queue everywhere, and there's a million people there, screaming children and um, more drunk grown-ups and exactly <laughs> ev ev everything. So the stress levels would likely then spike up with, with many of us. Do you have any tips how you manage this? Yes. So if you fly frequently, try to sign up for a program uh, for an alliance. So you would accumulate points or air miles, and then you hopefully get some of the perks, um, such as being able to use the priority check-in lane, oh, yes. priority security, Priority boarding, and priority everything, access, yeah. and lounge access. So, and especially like even with the lower uh, tier memberships, mm. I, I think many of those include at least some of the. Oh, yeah, you know, if you need to queue less, that's fine. Uh, but then again, if you if you are stuck in a long queue, I would just advise to do the calming breathing. Try to ignore, yeah. so, sort of try to find your, your inner zen because even if you're super anxious, even if you're super like angry about yeah. it, um, it will not take you any faster. No. It, so it will not do any good for you. Not, take no, no. a few deep breaths, um, try to cope with it, and don't leave anything at the very last minute. That, that's the sort of the biggest... Um, hack you you can mm. do just don't leave it at the very last minute so you will be stressing less because you know oh there is a 20 meter long queue but who cares i'm here 15 minutes in advance so that you know the, the, this will clear clear up so course, yeah. i would say sort of being proactive uh just guaranteeing that you will have less stressful oh, moments yeah. is is the best protection to, to um, sort of prevent a nervous breakdown or... Some really great tips there. Um, the additional piece which I do myself is I just love my noise cancelling headphones. Yeah. I put some very chill out lounge type music every time I go, go into an airport. It sort of lets me just float yeah. from place. From I have place actually those uh, for the actual um, 
flight. Oh yeah, because so then, then you can block Yes, out then the you can block a lot of the noise. Fantastic. But maybe I can now dive into the packing list because it, yeah, it's absolutely. quite a compact one and, and we've already touched upon a few of the, the topics. So um, first item I pack is comfortable clothes. Of course. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I, I very recently read about uh, Qantas um, telling this professional, I think she was an ex boxing champion mm. lady or something like that who was denied access to the Sydney Qantas lounge because she was wearing uh, activewear so she had like leggings and a sports Seriously? sports bra yeah oh my goodness and they they said like we have a dress code nobody actually i'm not sure if 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 you look <laughs> ah. at people at the lounge nowadays most okay. of them are kind of in in comfortable clothing, yeah, yeah, absolutely. but the the dress code actually says um, I think it was business casual, so that's, they that's do ridiculous. have the right to, oh and it became a huge yeah. thing in the media, course, obviously. And her husband, who was wearing shorts and a cap and a t-shirt, was allowed to go in, so it was only her who was left out. So super interesting. But for that reason, if if you want to go to the lounge and enjoy it maybe just as a backup have a a nice pair of jeans or something in your uh, bag <laughs> that tip, yeah. you know if, if you approach them in your sweatpants and they say you know you're not allowed to go in because mm-hmm. we do have a dress code that you can sort of save it with a pair of jeans or or something that looks a bit more um professional yeah. and then um but yeah i would always uh pack for the actual flight, uh, I would have sweatpants, a comfortable t-shirt, uh, super comfortable underwear, which is a major thing that people don't often think about. Um, sports underwear is excellent for this. It's stretchy, it's yeah. nice, it's breathable. Uh, and then uh, I would just pack a loose sweater or a hoodie. And I always so pack warm. an extra scarf. Yeah. Usually cashmere, uh, I have a massive, huge, big cashmere mm-hmm. scarf because sometimes yeah sometimes the cabin uh, temperature is really low and even if you get some kind of a small blanket mm-hmm. you might be freezing and also this is one of the things i always do once i step on board um i ask the cabin crew if they have any extra blankets they always yeah. do so i stack up a few just in, just in case yeah, yeah it, it gets cold so um, that would be um, the clothing part of it. And that allows me to actually go to the airport straight from work yeah. in my work clothes. And then I would either get changed on the plane uh, right before I start sleeping or, or at the lounge. So uh, I, I can still go in looking like a decent person and then come out as a total hobo <laughs> just to maximize my sleeping comfort. This is awesome. Yeah, and then the um, other things that I pack, well, the noise-canceling headphones, as, as discussed with you. To help with the sleep? Uh, no, I don't wear them while I sleep, oh. but just um, when we're taking off, if I want to, let's say, watch a movie, do a, oh, medi- yeah. a guided meditation or even an unguided one, I just want to block the noise or listen to an audiobook mm-hmm. or something because um, the background noise is quite... Uh, loud and but you, you don't know, you don't use use them uh, during your sleep though that's what you're saying right? no I, I i do so oh, you do. I, I do use them 
up until the point that I start sleeping, right, which okay. is when I switch to earplugs. Okay. So, because th- those are not so comfortable that if when I am sleeping, head, yeah. it, you know, curling in my, if there happens to be a free seat next to me, uh, I could not use those with a, with a pillow. So I'll use those virtually for all the time that I am awake. Mm-hmm. Um, when, whatever I do, I just like the fact that they're blocking sure. the noise. Uh, also, super effective if you have happen to have those screaming passengers near you. Could be grown-ups or children, not, True. you know, pointing fingers here. Um, and then um, what I do beforehand, which is part of the packing list, kind of, I do download a few interesting audiobooks, usually a few different types of meditations, because um, most of the time you, you have maybe one hour of Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi, or zero uh wi-fi on on the on the plane so best to get those in advance um and then i pack my pillow um, oh your own pillow yeah sure. yes um i pack your plugs as mentioned just the ones that you can get from a drugstore i think you need to find the, the model and type that fits your ear comfortably sure. Uh, doesn't have to be expensive ones, um, but just you know you can test it at home, mm-hmm. and if it's comfortable, then it's good for the fl- flight as well. And take an extra pair. These are the items that tend to get lost. Sure. So you wake up without one, and it's impossible to find it. So <laughs> just make sure you have an extra pair. And then I, I do have a sleeping mask, which is not a fancy model, but it's it's cotton because many of the ones you get on on the plane um, nowadays, I think airlines are quite stingy. So oftentimes they don't even give those out anymore yeah, yeah. but they're like polyester or something Some that is quite yeah. uh, sweaty Hard, yeah. so just make sure the one you you get is comfortable and again you can test it at home before you um yeah. before you travel so you can make sure it fits your face it feels comfortable for you then i do have a tiny pouch well i have quite a few of tiny pouches with different kinds of things um but um essentially these are the ones that i've the, the few times that I've I've been um, uh, I've had the pleasure of, of traveling in business class, mm. they always give you these nice pouches with all kinds of things. Um, so I've kept them and just kept adding things to them that fit my my uh, traveling purposes. So in that, I I do have um, papa ointment, which is an Australian product, I think, um, made from fermented papaya fruits. Okay, it's amazing. It, it is virtually great for anything if you have a rash if you have a tiny okay. cut if you have like it's this miracle works. ointment <laughs> right. that sure. and it works as a, a lip balm as well so it's great for anything mm-hmm. and everything um, I do have a lotion for skin I have um, uh, Panadol I do have some melatonin in case you get any yeah. Headaches or whatnot. Yeah. Usually, these are the, the like the the Panadol and melatonin. I would never actually use during the flight. It's just Unless that they're just in case yeah. something comes up. I cannot fall asleep despite you know a few hours of waiting or I, I get an awful headache mm. or whatever. Yeah. So just being prepared. Just in case. Uh, yeah. Uh, then I do have a. Um, a tiny ziplock where I do have the you know the the Apple key because you need to uh, switch SIM cards once you arrive to the destination so you need to have that tiny tool so I do have that um, with me (laughs) it is 
Um, so it's really convenient once you arrive at the, the destination, you just buy the local SIM card and swap it That's and it, you're yeah. good to go. You have your data and everything. Uh, then I do have a small hand sanitizer, which I use meticulously while on plane. Uh, we can talk about the germs and stuff later on, but this another is another podcast. Yes. Um, I do have um, like a tooth a toothbrush and uh, a, a travel size toothpaste. Yeah. Uh, I just tend to keep the tiny kits that they they give out at hotels and um, on the plane. Sure. So I just never uh, throw those out, but I, I pack those for the mm -hmm. for the flight so I can brush my teeth uh, before I start sleeping yeah. and when I wake up. So it's just regular routines that I would carry on at, at home. Um, I do pack uh, supplements. So even during the flight, I will take my regular supplements. Would, what kind of supplements would that uh, be? Currently, that would be only the probiotics. Yeah. Um, but... You know, sometimes I actually do have a sad little case, the the granny type of case where you have different lo like uh, yes. sections for yeah. different pills. So the the times when <laughs> I was, for example, living in Denmark for such yeah. a long time, I, I wanted to carry on with the sort yeah. of the supplement routine that I used to have. So I would have vitamin D, I would have like resveratrol, I would have like, I just counted the amounts and I, I put it in that tiny box and then I would take that but currently what I do take on the on the flight is the the uh, probiotics okay. currently using seed they do have like uh, not sure we, we can talk about the probiotic stuff in another podcast but that's the the poop company so they send you poop emails and they have this sustainable <laughs> lovely packaging so they actually sent you like a tiny mini version of mm -hmm. their glass jar where you can pack like a week's worth of, oh, nice, of nice, those nice. Um, supplements so that's that's one thing um, and then uh, I would have a water bottle so the so pro tip again into the dehydration piece which yes is a problem with flying right so. exactly exactly so I always bring my own yeah. water bottle and I, I personally I, I use the the metallic ones uh, clean canteen is really good also, the the one, uh, what is the other brand that I use? I bought it from the States. It's the one of the big ones. One, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of the, the whole dehydration piece, because a lot of people do talk about dehydration during your, your flights, um, that the air is somehow much drier up, up in the sky, right? What does the research um, tell us about? Yeah, this? so basically the... Um, the um, the cabin air is definitely much much drier than uh, the air at, at sea level. Uh, they do circulate the the air and they purify it, and you know they do their best uh, with that. And I think even compared to a regular um, building with with uh, air conditioning, yeah. uh, it's much more efficient on the plane. So the quality of the air should be quite okay. But it's just very dry, right? Yes, okay. it, it's very dry. Um, and I, I read from one, um, one um, re research study that uh, about 50% of the air circulating in the cabin is f pulled from the outside. Mm -hmm. And at high altitudes, the air is almost completely devoid of moisture, right, okay. which would explain then that because, you know, obviously they need to bring fresh air in as well. They cannot just keep circulating yeah. the, the same air. So that would explain part mm -hmm. of it being so dry. Which then tells us that drink your water 
boys and girls when you are flying anywhere. You yes. need to drink a lot of water, uh, a lot of fluids during flight. And I would say a good rule of thumb here is that you need to, you need to want to pee once an hour during. That's a lot. <laughs> yes, yeah, during. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, at least then you know yeah, you you are yeah. drinking enough. But the and this is kind of a thing. I I pack my relatively big water bottle i need to empty it before yeah. the security then i refill it again um sure. and then i they, they usually offer you like a a small bottle with the long haul flights and then they go around offering water refills yeah. yeah but they do have like a stack of good water at the back of the yeah. the plane so if you feel like they're not giving you enough like they usually are not you know just to keep you hydrated properly just walk back there and ask for a glass of water. Yeah. They're happy to, to or, give it to you. So what I've done there is, is I have my own big bottle. I just go there and ask for a refill. So yeah, they, exactly. They, they just refill it, which is which is great. So you can you can have your metallic bottle. You can you know avoid any of those plastic yeah. rubbish and all that stuff and and um, have your water as well. Yeah. The, the the main point here is that it, up in the air when we are flying. Um, um, especially long-haul flights, we need to take care of our, our hydration continuously, yeah. uh, drink water. Um, and this will have a huge yeah. impact on your, you know, I would say after most flights, if you haven't hydrated mm-hmm. yourself properly, your throat, your nose, your, exactly. your, they will feel not maybe sore, but just super dry. And your uh, skin as well, right? Your skin as well. And I do have a long list of things that I take to <laughs> tackle that issue. Um, yeah, face moisturizers and all that. Exactly, stuff. I do have like. Um, well, actually, I can dig into that. So, um, I do have a facial mist, which is like a spray bottle oh, yeah, yeah. with. Uh, it's That's rose like water, isn't it? It's like rose yeah, it, uh, mine is water, ca- ca- currently it's like rose water based. Yeah. Uh, just find any kind of, you know, product that works for you. Again, test it at home. Uh, this actually, surprisingly enough, it works. It's not the same as spraying the tap water on your face, which kind of just makes it more dry yeah. uh the product that i use it has worked amazingly all right uh i do uh have like a, a travel kit of um, certain korean cosmetics um happy to even list the, the brand can list, we can list them list them to yeah, the show notes exactly so i do have that that con- contains uh like a moisture mm. serum uh a, a lotion uh and then uh, an eye cream as well super like focused on moisturizing so do, you, do you then like like do the do the, the whole protocol of, of applying these moisturizers and yes stuff, like during the flight or just before the flight or how do you know? both and i do it multiple times okay. during the flight so and, and my skin gets dry very easily so i will immediately feel when i need to apply more but i would say i, I do it maybe every two hours except sure. for obviously those hours when i'm asleep but I, I do keep applying them. And one pro tip, don't wear any makeup uh, for the flight. So I would wash it off at the lounge and then moisturize the, the skin properly. And then you can just keep applying stuff um, to it. Because what I see very often is that many ladies just want to look amazing when they um, when they travel, which is great. But it, so many, so much makeup and all that. Yes, stuff. but it's it's kind of not optimal because the air is so so dry, yeah. and through the makeup, it's really difficult to try to moisturize it, and you know apply uh, eye cream when you have the full eye makeup mm-hmm. on, and it, it just 
it doesn't work. True. So just you know, nobody will remember even if you look a yeah, bit, yeah. you know, uh, natural uh, on the plane. Um, so that's one thing. I also do always have a travel-sized cleanser. Love Japanese products with this, and I would say whatever testers you get, keep those. Take those uh, along with you to the plane because you, you here you obviously want to minimize the size of the products. Um, then I do have a separate hand cream. Um, then I always carry a nasal spray just in okay. case you know the, yeah, the, the nose or something. yeah the the nose is blocked. Um, it is a great relief. Yeah, happens okay. happens super rarely, but that one occasion it happens, you're able to. Uh, you know, do something about it. Feels amazing. I also do have these. I think it's called anti-phlegm um, medication or okay. something and that I've. You know, prevents the formation of mucus. Yes, yes. So those I, I carry. That, that's just a standby yeah. thing. It, practically never need to use it, but it's great for that one case. time. Yeah. Uh, like this might happen. And, uh, no, yeah. Exactly. Melatonin. And I think that's pretty much it. Like the contents of my travel bag. Uh, but travel yeah, treasure, yeah. So it's it's actually chest. like like I said, I travel light, yeah. so it's very compact. I don't like to carry around a lot of mm-hmm. stuff. And with this, I even sort of optimize it that I do have the the liquids in that you know one liter um, Ziploc um, for the security check. If I have a because usually you're allowed to have a carry on bag and then a personal item or a laptop bag. Yeah. So I would put the, the liquids in the, the personal item or the laptop bag uh, just to, and also I, I obviously have my laptop in the same bag, just that it's really easy once it's my time to, to go through the security, I can just take it from the, uh, from the bag and put it to the belt without me having to open up my carry-on uh, suitcase and reveal to the entire world whatever I have inside. So it it saves some I don't know 10-15 seconds, but it saves a lot of nerves. Of yeah, yeah. So that that I would do, and then maybe after security, I would repack everything just that I have everything at hand that I need during the flight. So just tiny things, but make it it it, it makes it much more comfortable. Yeah, sure. Very good. Now that's that's an, that that is an awesome list of. Uh, do you have any additions to that? What you would pack except for booze? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I mean I don't I don't. I don't pack booze as such. I, but what I do ensure I pack every time I travel is that number one thing for me is to work out gear. So I, I have to work out. And one of the checklists for me is... But that I, would go to the um, to the check-in baggage. If, or if I check in stuff. So I, I check in luggage very rarely, even for long-haul flights. I travel extremely light. Um, but other stuff which I, which I would pack is melatonin. Um, I would pack water bottle my own water bottle as well i i don't use which is probably something i should be starting to use is some lotions and moisturizers and stuff like that uh, water melatonin noise cancelling um headphones and my own um, sleep mask yeah that's it that's it is there I'm, a specific brand that you use for the sleeping mask i i am using a specific brand i i don't i can't recall the name of it but i, I can link the amazon link uh, to the show notes it's, okay. it's a very it's like silk or whatever it's really comfy and mm, soft and nice. stuff um so um but that, that that's sort of the the hacks that i have um in addition to the fact that i, I dress like really loosely uh, extremely loosely. never like, being thrown out of the lounge 
<laughs> no, no, <laughs> without being thrown out of line. But it's just like 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 um, some very loose loose pants and, and some hoodies and stuff like that. Just and it seems loose. to be the dress code nowadays. Yeah. I think it was a different story 10, 15 years ago. Could be, could be. People would still look smarter, but nowadays True. I think there has been so much discussion about oh, yeah. you know you Comfort. need to move around the cabin, True. you need to have even you know the the guidance leaflets on board mm-hmm. they talk about having comfortable clothes on you so exactly. even they recognize that but still you know Qantas <laughs> can have their dress code <laughs> oh poor Qantas come on guys right, let's change that all right let's uh, let's touch a bit about the the very common topic which especially um now is, is pretty obvious or currently as we are recording this in February of 2020 there's this um tiny virus going around in, in the world and obviously the 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 notion and the understanding of majority of people is that you could get sick on on board an aircraft quite quickly right so there is that notion but do, do you think that there's any any like science behind it is it true well obviously if you're in a small contained space with lots and lots of people mm-hmm. uh it's you know it's the same reason why they've canceled virtually in, in singapore they've canceled all gatherings I think most meetings as well yeah. are remote right now because they don't want to have more than 10 people in the same room at the same time just to mitigate the risk of, you but know, that, that, if there is exactly. a, a virus, it would spread very easily if and you're in close contact, sit, you know, close to other people. But that's like, that's simply because you are close to other people, not because of what how the ventilation or air system or air conditioning is. No, I think they're really good at sort of purifying yeah. the the air with good filters and and um i think airlines have you know each airline has announced their own systems you know whatever they use of and course, how efficient yeah. they are at because obviously the aim is to guarantee the well-being of of, of people but then again if you think about a plane with i don't know 300 people uh the odds that someone is sick is very you, high yes almost 100%. and then with you know with the sort of the hygiene stuff if that one person sneezes um, to their hand and then touches a few places here and there and then other people will touch the the Mm. same spots the odds are that you know this will spread and it's the same even especially with airborne diseases Mm. you know if somebody happens to sneeze next to you what can you do so the question then becomes is there anything we can do as as passengers you know i never wear a mask i never wear a mask i just flew uh one and a half weeks ago my latest long-haul flight uh, at the peak of this virus thing uh to a country that has been reported to not to china but back to singapore which has um i think especially in europe it's seen as a really dangerous Mm. zone um and I wouldn't wear a mask because uh, what a lot of the doctors say is that once wearing a mask, you still pull the, the most of the, the air from the sides of yeah. the mask, not because it, it provides resistance uh, for the airflow. So you, most of your air going in would still come from the exactly. side of the mask. So the main reason to use the mask is if you are sick and you want to prevent it from spreading so if you're sneezing or mm. coughing or whatever the mask would stop the Walk droplets yeah, exactly. from spreading so but i'm not paranoid about that never 
wear a mask on on plane and and one thing is obviously i again asked if there are you know empty seats so i would prefer to you know not have somebody sneezing next to me I'm almost going to sneeze now, no, I'm not. but yeah, that, that's true. And it's, it is, it is uh, exactly according to what I've read as well, is that um, wearing a mask if you're, if you're not having, a, having any symptoms yourself does not really help anything. Yeah, but then it, again, washing your hands properly, yeah. and especially because, you know, sometimes the toilets are super cramped oh, and yes. there's a long queue, uh, bring that hand sanitizer it will help you a long way because if your meal is served you want to eat it or mm. you know you have a an itch on your face and you need to touch your face yeah, yeah. you want to sanitize your hands before exactly. that because exactly. th- there are lots of things you cannot control you don't know who was sitting on your seat before you mm. maybe it was someone super sick who touched every single part and licked the the seat and whatever that that's out of your control so <laughs> maybe just focus on the things that you can influence. Exactly. And the top tip, guys, do not lick the seat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So there's some, some, some good advice. Maybe, maybe the, the, the best um, outtake from, from this um, um, increased risk of getting sick on planes is that do make sure your hand hygiene is top-notch. So wash yeah. your hands a lot. And if, also if you, with your if, immune system, true. it helps yeah, if you have slept properly oh, yeah. before <laughs> the flight. If you are sort of allow your immune system to be top-notch during the flight because mm-hmm. it you know like like we both know getting like an eight hours of solid great sleep is maybe not the case for everybody so it will have an impact on, on your, impact your body's capability immunity. to cope with any of these stressors and viruses and whatever so just optimize it before the flight mm-hmm. like do whatever you can to make sure that you are in good shape and uh, mindset so don't go you know drinking then the day before your flight and show up super you know hungover or <laughs> so just very simple exactly. common sense things yeah, live healthy life. yeah and i would say then um just related not maybe directly to the flight but just i do have quite a few things that i do once i arrive at the destination just to make it easier to accommodate to mm-hmm. the sort of the daily schedule and get the most out of my before, life before we go yeah, there can sure. we can we touch a few more points yeah, on yeah. the flying because i have, by I have all a means. few questions uh, um, and just a disclaimer i'm by no means any expert in this so this is like i mentioned earlier common sense things uh, it is, yes, true. and the the widely available studies on what's actually happening so sure. my moderations on what to do with this kind of exactly. information that is widely available out there so one of the one of the sort of uh, problems quite often gets discussed at least um in the media and and over your at your doctor's office as well is this thing called DVT, deep vein thrombosis, uh, mm. which obviously can start or or somehow has a higher um, like incident risk when you are flying. So when you are flying because of the pressure and immobility, I think it's more because of the immobility. Immobility with the well? cabin, pressure. Yeah, cabin pressure. I think so, it's a combination yeah. of those two. So then, then you'd get an increased um, probability for blood clots um, yeah. going to your... Your, your, to your lungs or heart or brain as well, which 
can be very, very, very dangerous. Yeah. Um, so that's why we, we have these uh, flight socks and stockings and, and whatnot. Do you use stockings? Uh, <laughs> not stockings. <laughs> I do use, use socks, though, because it's quite easy, you know, to, just to put the socks on. But um, Do you have, like, very specific ones or just the ones you can buy at the pharmacy? Yeah. I haven't really paid attention. But have you? Have you? Or Never you? used those. But weirdly enough, my legs don't get swollen during yeah, the flight. So uh, this is something I, I've thought about quite a few times, especially with the frequent uh, flying yeah. schedule that I have. But I would say before it is an issue, maybe even at once, then I would consider putting money into buying that extra gear, yeah. um, in this case, those socks. Um, but my sort of approach so far has been that I move during my waking uh, hours, I would move every single hour. I walk, yeah. I squat, I do lunges. I really like stretch. I, I do lots of movement. And even if I'm, let's say, listening to an audiobook or watching a movie, I would like roll my ankles. I will do movement. So I'm, yeah. I'm very... Moving, yeah. Yes. So that was, that was going to be my next question on this because that's what I do myself as well. I, I pay care, careful attention to the amounts I move, yeah. um, especially on long-haul flights, even, even on short hauls as well, uh, to make sure I don't have like an hourly schedule, but I do get up from, from, um, from my seat and go to the toilet areas or somewhere where there's more room. I do um, 20 to 50 air squats and all that type of stuff um, as well, which obviously... Um, activates your energy levels as well it prevents um you know dvts and stuff like that at the same time so it's it is something that please make sure you do move yeah exactly the that's the cheapest option doesn't is, cost yeah. you even a, no. the, the same amount as a exactly. pair of socks would do but then again i know lots of usually middle-aged people tend to buy the socks mm. at least in my friends and family uh kind of setting once you approach 50 you tend to buy the socks so i think i'm 38 may, I, I have maybe socks. it has <laughs> been recommended by the you know physician or true, true, something yeah. um but i would be happy to try out the socks i've just thought it's one more item to pack and take care exactly. of and whatever um and, and then again if if my legs were you know getting all swollen i would surely yeah, try exactly. it out uh, but what i do at the moment when i go to the lounge or if i don't have that access and, and i eat at the restaurant um, at the airport before the flight i make sure to lift my feet up my mm -hmm. my legs up yeah. so that's a good tip yeah. th th and i do the same after the flight so whenever i get a break um i will just make sure to have like 15 mm -hmm. minutes uh like the best option is to be lying and, and having your legs up but just even sitting uh, and ha having them up helps massively yeah. and then that you know vigorous moving around during the flight mm -hmm. helps a lot as yeah, well sure. so that has been a good thing and I think if you have any kind of health issues or you know blood clogging any of that kind of stuff you would obviously go consult with your, your doctor, doctor exactly. and get the I, I think especially for those cases there are very specific type types of meds that you start taking yeah. long before the flight just to make sure that exactly. uh, the consistency exactly. is right yeah. but so the top takeaway from here is that do make sure you move at least once an hour get up from your seat 
Go do some squats and lunges when you go to the bathroom and so forth. You will inspire others as well. Exactly. Not exactly. look like a weirdo, but you just inspire. Yeah. So for the first time when you go there, uh, you're standing in the middle of the plane, right? You're standing there where is the exit row or whatever, and you, you start doing air squats, and you you think that everybody's looking at you. They're really not. You, no. you just think that, that they are. So They're it, watching it, movies. It, it feels weird for about five seconds, but then you'll get over it, right? Yeah. So don't don't pay attention to that. Yeah. Right. One thing which I've, I've realized myself over time, and I guess there's some data on this as well, that because of the fact that on planes the pressure is a bit different. So in case you've eaten a bit incorrectly or if you eat a bit incorrectly on board the flight, you might get really bloated as well. Is yeah. that something that you've come across? No, we were just talking about this yeah. before the, the podcast and it has been reported as a very common um, common thing amongst people who fly. Mm. Um, but I I don't think it, if it has something to do with the vigorous uh, water drinking or the fact that I don't actually, don't actually eat, eat on yeah. the plane. Like the optimal way, uh, the, the great way to cope with this I would imagine is to do fasting throughout the entire flight so just water fasting but Mm -hmm. it would probably just get so boring if you don't even get breakfast on the plane Uh, you know how do you spend that you know 13 hours if if you cannot even have a meal or something so but something to consider I know Peter Atia for example he um, he's like week-long water fast Mm -hmm. would start on the plane already okay. and then continue that there he has great podcasts around mm-hmm. this uh, for those who are interested um, but no this this is I I think I've been quite lucky or it could be that my magical seed pill the poop pill oh yeah helps we need to link the poop <laughs> pill in, into the podcast show notes. It's, it's a legendary pill yeah. I think it's quite a successful company oh, yeah. sure I didn't know that before I ordered it because I've okay. been using probiotics sure. for I don't know, five years, mm. every single day. I'm just always trying out new um, brands and new products. And this, when they started spamming me with the poop emails, I was like, wow, what have I ordered? <laughs> um, but yeah, um, how have you been able to cope with it? Or is there any way like with specific type of meals that would yes. be better? Yeah. So, so I, I have some personal experience on this, which I've um, come across over the years. Especially when I when I moved to Singapore nine years ago, um, when I started flying more long haul flights, um, uh, this is when I really faced the, the bloating problem uh, for the first time. I guess it was like seven years ago or something like that. I did sort of notice that okay, well, what causes bloating is gassy or fizzy drinks, beer um, or uh, fizzy sodas like or whatever yeah that's um, actually like I mentioned I don't drink those sure <laughs> um, second which in combination so I, I, I do enjoy my, my my servings of alcohol in moderate amounts right so if at that time I might have taken a beer and a um, uh, carbohydrate high meal so something with rice and a bread and, or pasta or whatnot that's that w- that to me would be like the worst combination in that so you can have plus all the snacks and cookies or cookies and crisps or whatever they they might offer on board so stay away from that and if you want to avoid the the bloating but still have the sort of pleasurable meal experience and and maybe some alcohol as well then 
the, the trick would simply be that or do order the, the low-fat, low-carb, low-calorie meal, which they, they will usually have one of these as, as an option, right? Um, order that as, as the option and then combine that with a glass of red wine or a glass of white wine if you prefer that because that doesn't, that doesn't have that much um, gas in it as well. Carbohydrates will, will um, or have been shown to, to, to cause some bloating in, in, in Does some it people. have anything to do with the type of carbohydrates? Like, uh, let's say, if, if yes. you are eating bread yeah. with yeast and stuff in it compared to just eating vegetables? It's, it's a very good question. For me, vegetables never cause bloating. Vegetables themselves, I guess, for most people, would be quite okay. Um, and all of us are obviously wired very differently. For me, one of the worst food items to cause bloating is rice. Okay. And for someone else, it's going to be perfectly fine. For yeah. someone, it might be bread or something. Because yeah. in it, my case, obviously, I don't eat bread. Yeah. I don't eat a lot of carbs aside sure, sure. from vegetables. Yeah. I don't drink the fizzy drinks. Yeah. I don't drink alcohol. So this might sort of explain why, why you never, <laughs> yeah, which is great, which is great. But obviously, you know, you can still have your cake and eat it too, right? It, it is like you just need to be slightly smart. So maybe just if you do enjoy to have your alcoholic drinks or, or some pleasurable moments on, on board, do make sure you steer away from stuff like beer and change it to red wine. Um, don't eat massively high carb meals like wood full of pasta and, and rice and bread and stuff. Do just enjoy your steak or f fish and some vegetables on, on the side of that and some fruits on top. Fruits quite rarely cause bloating, bloating anyway, even though it's a carb, high carb meal. So And I then again, if you drink alcohol, just yeah. remember to drink hopefully like double the amount of water on exactly. top of that yes. just to prevent because it yeah. is dehydrating by nature that alcoholic drink so and that in that super dry uh, cabin uh, climate so you really if you're consuming alcohol just make sure to drink even much more you will be exactly. going to the toilet That's every true. 20 minutes so then we are starting to land you yes. mentioned that you have um, certain so because obviously um, both yourself and me we fly a lot of um, long-haul flights to Europe mostly uh, and back um, so that obviously there needs to be a protocol for you to be able to function properly, especially yep. on business trips, right? Which most of your trips have been anyway. So what type of protocol do you then have when you arrive at your destination? Yeah, sure. Happy to dig into that. So first of all, uh, I have a strict no alcohol policy for the entire trip. And this is kind of if you have your, your mindset um, from the beginning, uh, it's actually pretty easy to do because you, your body, especially if you're traveling in different time zones, it will be all messed up just because of the, the jet lag. So you don't want to add alcohol into that mix. So at least I don't. It would hinder my capacity to, to work and um, sort of be efficient and make the most out of the trip. So I prefer to play, stay completely sober throughout mm. the trip. Um, I also... Two, three days after the flight, I drink excessive amounts of water still because the body is still dehydrated. Sure. I need to re replace all the, the fluids lost. So I keep drinking plenty of water. Um, and then um, on the first day, uh, I try to get, like if, if I've had an overnight long-haul flight, 
I try to schedule most of the the heavy lifting for the mm. morning. So oh, yeah. the a.m. Usually I would land around six or seven, and I would have meetings starting from eight. Yeah. Actually, at my last trip, the first meeting was at six thirty. So. Six <laughs> thirty a.m. Yeah, wow, yeah. So early. started at the airport. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's cool. Uh, but I noticed that you know. Uh, on the plane, uh, I would have that breakfast when they serve it. It's maybe not fabulous, but it's it's something. So I pick the, the good, things yeah. that, that suit me. Yeah. Have a cup of coffee then, uh, which would be, I think, around 5 a.m. If we're landing at 6, they would serve breakfast maybe yeah. an hour yeah. before you land. And then I'm all ready for the day. And that is my most productive time of the day because my inner clock is still in sort of Asia time. So I want to do all the important stuff in the a.m. Uh, I also schedule nothing uh, for the first evening. So even if it was a nice social gathering with mm. friends or something, I want to make sure that I am able to be in bed by 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. I'll try to stretch it to 8, but I want to be like at home uh, at five or six, just starting with my evening routine um, and sort of prepping my body for sleep. And then I can get those, you know, amazing nine, ten hours of sleep um, the first night after I've landed. So, and this requires advanced planning that you just build your day in a way that you will actually be done with work stuff by five. And then you can start um, your evening preparations. Um, and then other stuff that I do, um, I try to stay very active. Oh, yeah. Uh, so just getting those 10K steps uh, helps a lot if you have a tracker. Um, helps even more if you happen to have a Zilla app. And um, it kind of, what I notice if you had any kind of swelling in the legs or you're feeling a bit bloated or stiff or, stiff or whatever, just getting that low impact sort of movement movement to your body it, it's a great way to start recovering from the stressors of the flight so try to you know walk to different meetings and and just keep yourself active um and then i usually doing well actually i try to work out every single day of the trip good i would never be as committed as you and and find a crossfit box uh I just focus on the body weight stuff that yeah. you can actually um, do wherever. Uh, so that would be like uh, squats, push-ups, planks, um, that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, it, if you feel better with doing yoga or something, by all means, just getting the the body to start um, an active recovery, not just waiting for it to kick in, but exactly. actually actively participating in the recovery process. It helps. Uh, just I would be mindful that you do whatever workout you do, maybe in the earlier part of the day, that it doesn't disturb your sleep because you your body is very messed with the jet lag, so you don't want to risk, uh, you know, pooping your your sleep. <laughs> Uh, so that's one thing. Um, I many times carry like a tiny, what is it called, a mini band. Mm. So it's like an elastic band, yeah. but it like a resistance band. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's a great way to do, you know, sure. to spice up your home workouts. Of course. Um, you can work out wherever. Like exactly. In your hotel room or whatnot. Exactly. You don't even need to take workout shoes. Sure. So super easy. 
Um, and then, like I mentioned, I, I'm n never scheduling any any activities that require brain function or sort of good cognitive skills uh, after 6 p.m. Yeah. I just know myself. I will not you, function you properly yeah, exactly. at that hour, so You're it would be a yeah time yeah. Uh, wasted. And then um, I'll try to stay in that early rhythm because if I'm flying from Asia to Europe, um, I would be waking up quite early mm -hmm. um, and going to bed early as well. I try to stay in that rhythm for the entire duration of the trip. Yeah, so it helps you to to you know get back to the to the home rhythm, which is the Asian time zones. Right? Exactly, so. and actually, if you wake up without an alarm at five or four a.m., it's actually amazing. Yeah. You have so many hours uh, yeah. in the morning before your first meeting kicks off. So. Yeah, you get pretty amazing shit done mm. during those few early morning hours. Quiet morning hours. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I would say the first few nights, especially because you're still coping with uh, jet lag, I would pay extra attention to sleep hygiene, evening routines, yeah. just telling your body that it's time to sleep, not time to take a nap. Because sometimes it happens that you are dead tired at 5 p.m., you pass out on the couch, then you wake up two hours afterwards and you're all confused what's happening. You cannot fall, fall back asleep again. So just try to stay awake until, mm. I don't know, 8 p.m., 7 p.m., and then you can allow your body to sleep. If it's very common for you that you would wake up after a few hours, maybe melatonin would help just to keep fall you asleep. asleep. Yes. Or just, you know, to, to prevent you from that yeah. waking up. And if you wake up even mildly, don't start, you know, watching Netflix or reading or Strolling activating your, your brain. Just yeah. try to, like, uh, do the calming breathing and stuff and just try to fall back. fall back asleep. So it will really help you. And same kind of tricks, actually, once you, once you come back home. Um, even though it's slightly more difficult to adjust um, that way coming from Europe to, to Asia, towards East. Uh, but still, I would say that the same techniques work, yeah, just meticulously focusing on your well-being instead of just having a great time, which is a shame because, you know, and, and different rules might apply if, if you're traveling uh, during your free time and the aim is to of have course, a great time course, with yeah. friends and so on. But with all that travel, especially work-related, I've just come to a conclusion that, in my case, it makes more sense to optimize the, the well-being. and performance, yeah. Exactly, then have a great time. Of course. I've had so many great times in my life. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need it right now. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that, no that, that's something really awesome. And it, it is very much the same as for what... what what, it, what the, the post-flight checklist is for me as well. Uh, the number one thing I always do when I land is I just go to do a workout immediately. Yeah. The sooner the better I, I get myself into the hotel gym or CrossFit box or whatever and get a workout in because that like wakes me up to the new day yeah. wherever I am in the world. And it, it sort of, somehow the workout resets my circadian rhythm as well. Yeah. Yeah, According I, to science, it actually helps coping with jet lag. Yeah, yeah as well adjusting yeah, more point, quickly yeah, yeah. sort of because i usually work out in the morning anyway uh, which then means that okay if i land in the morning even though it's a different time zone i go and work out and that helps my body to adjust um, um, 
to the new time zone really well as well. Otherwise, very much the same as, as yours. Yeah, yeah. So traveling is a pleasure that we can all do so many. Is there anything that we didn't mention about any important um, stuff? I think two interesting things um, from all the travels um, in the recent years. The local delicacy called uh, Kaya Jam that is used for the amazing uh, Kaya toast, yeah. yes. It's, it's um, green jam, right? It's green jam. I, I, don't, I don't know how it's made, but it's delicious. I think it's, it's like coconut-based or something. Mm-hmm. That is considered a liquid um, when you travel. Wow. So okay. if you're traveling with just hand luggage and you have lots of Kaya as a souvenir to your this business associates tip. or something... Yes. Um, Consider it a liquid because, you know, you will come across a situation where you need to choose whether you want to have your expensive facial lotions and, and mist and serums and whatnot or throw those into the trash or you want to keep those Kaya uh, jars. So, so be mindful. Yes. Precious Kaya toast. Yes, yeah, but it, it's a great souvenir. It is, Everybody yeah. loves it. Pro so. tip, guys. Pro tip. <laughs> and uh, the other thing that I've noticed is the Ugg um, boots. You know, the one that the sheep. Uh, yeah. Emu is the other brand that I, I own. Mm-hmm. Airport security personnel, they hate those. Really? Yes. Why? So whenever you're wearing those, they force you to take those off. Oh, okay. You know, any kind of other regular shoes. Okay. Um, in the States, this is a bit different. There you usually need mm-hmm. to Remove. strip to your underwear <laughs> and, get, you know, take of everything off. Um, but, yeah, that, that's... Um, if you have the option to have that in the checked-in luggage, I would do so because they, they will... Otherwise, you'll be, you know, just walking around in, yeah. in socks and mm-hmm. then they already give you, like, suspicious looks because you have those weird boots and, you know, you become the usual suspect and... It's a different type of treatment at the security yeah, sure, counter. Sure, of course, of course. Yeah, so those two. Pro and I think two pro tips. One interesting thing that I encountered, this was right after 9-11, mm-hmm. so it was a way back. Um, I was flying to the States um, from Finland. And no, actually, it was, a, a, it was a flight, I think it was from New York to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I had like a Vaseline-based, like a really stiff product like you couldn't get it out of the jar you actually had to scrape it it was like a lip balm like a wax or something yeah yeah um and that was considered a liquid right so they would throw it out because back in the the, the, it was a chaotic time oh yeah yeah. you were not allowed to have any kind of liquids on board so that kind of my current routine of of moisturizing my face that would have never worked back in the days luckily i was young back then so didn't need it whatsoever (laughs) but yeah any funny incidents that you've come across no not not really um i've been flying across the world i've been blessed to be able to fly fly to many places and i give i'm a very mentally flexible person i don't stress too much about even though plans go wrong and all that stuff but um one thing i would which i have focused on lately is more towards getting enough sleep on board Uh, previously i just like yeah let's just watch a few movies and drink some wine and just you know do whatever you wanted to do but um, what i've noticed over the years is that 
yes, I've become more like yourself, which is to optimize the performance and well-being when you land. So i.e. make sure you get enough sleep, uh, make do the planning of your trip in a way which optimizes your sleep cycle yeah. during the flight, especially if you're doing long-haul flights, obviously. Um, short-haul flights, not that big of a deal, but especially for long-haul flights. So that's what I've what I've done a lot um, over the years and plan my meal cycles as well exactly. uh, better better yeah. to cater for that and just yeah. the same routines on on, exactly. on the plane that sort of tell your body that soon it's going to be time to fall asleep absolutely um, and I would I would also say that despite all the amazing hacks and the packing lists and preparation beforehand my data still really sucks every single time after yeah. I've had a long haul yeah. flight which, uh, which, like my, my stress score is always mm either rest or sick so which, which shows you that quite clearly that flying no matter what you do will be a stressor for your body so therefore it is well worth it to really plan for your trip and really make the effort exactly and i i, I usually have a good comeback then after that next night's mm-hmm. nine ten hours of sleep and all that you know taking those steps and doing that light workout and that kind of stuff I, I my stress levels will go back to normal mm. or even good or great um, very quickly maybe one or two days after the flight yeah. but just because I, I do look at my data I, I'm a geek about it so I, I definitely do notice a dramatic drop in it mm. every single time sure. I have the flight so yeah I don't even want to know how it was you know how it would look like if, if I didn't do any if I didn't do any of the hacks and would get this drunk is a, and whatever. This is, <laughs> and this is a top tip for all the listeners as well. Do go and download the Heltzilla app. And when you do travel, um, especially for long haul flights, when you when you land in the morning, do make sure you test and try out the fingertip uh, stress scan and see how see what the data shows you. Exactly. Um, before the flight and after after the flight, and that's that's a great way to actually see proven by the data itself what your body is actually going through throughout yeah. the flight. And also I would say if, if you didn't have time to download all the complex meditation yeah. programs and stuff, we do have the inbuilt breathing and meditation timers. Exactly. Do make so, use of that over, over yeah. your travels. Make sure you have some good headphones so the screaming <coughs> grown-ups or children <laughs> will not bug your yeah. zen moment. Exactly. So, Laura, we've had an awesome discussion about flying and the health impacts and, and hacks, what you can do. Exactly. I'm hoping we once would get like a pilot to tell more oh, about their awesome. stressors yeah. or something like that. So I'm, I'm thinking there is more, more about this exactly. topic to discover. Is there anything that we didn't mention? Any final tips or words? that I think that was about it. I think we Fantastic. just need to sort of share our best practices in the Let's show notes. And... If you have any comments, do make sure you share your comments about flying, best practices, any health tips that whichever you might have about flying uh, into the HealthZilla Facebook page or into our LinkedIn page as well. We have loads of space for comments as well. Do make sure you do that. Thank you so much for listening. Do make sure you download the HealthZilla version 3 app. It is now available in the App Store for, for iPhones. Android version is coming out soon. So do stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining us today on this Hellzilla Weekly Episode 9. I'm looking forward for the next one. Peace. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and 
no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.